give me a, give us an idea of a, a Tinder date you've been on. Or whatever. Are you on Tinder? Is that still doing that? Yeah, yeah, I've been on Tinder. So you've been on one recently? I know when we went to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. We lost him for about a day. Yeah, we day. lost you for a, uh, almost a full day, right? You had a Tinder date. In yeah, San Bumble date. That was a Bumble. That was oh, a Bumble look at date. You, man. More success. Scoring on multiple platforms. <laughs> You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Hey, hi, everybody. Hey, welcome to the show. Let's go around the room here. Hey, it's Karen Bajwa. Hey, and Sean Newman. Great. Hey, we're sitting here at the rooftop lounge on the top of the Eugene apartment building here in Hudson Yards. And uh, we're recording. We're overlooking um, the Hudson River. Beautiful spring day. Very nice. Um, it's yeah. very nice out today. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic we were going to talk to today, a, a lot have to do with our, our, our digital series around social and how that's playing out is we're going to talk about dating apps. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, what prompted us to talk about this was, you know, there's a, been a proliferation of dating apps for the last 15 years or so on, and they've been uh, progressively, there's a lot more of them. But Facebook recently announced mm-hmm. that they're getting into this game uh, with trying to capitalize on the fact that more and more people are socializing through these dating apps. So for people who aren't really familiar with some of these apps, like I'm sure people have heard of, they've seen TV commercials for eHarmony, which is one of the older ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I said match, I think match is old, right? <laughs> Plenty of fish. Plenty mm-hmm. of fish, uh, Tinder. Yeah. These have, they've almost become part of the uh, lexicon mm-hmm. of you know people talking about these different things. So tell me a little bit about where this market stands today. Like, what are people doing? I think based on all of the research that we've been doing, it seems like most of the folks are on Tinder. Yeah, I think it was, uh, at least for me, you know, going through like college, it seemed like almost every single single person had one. So it was had just Tinder a, or had a, just, an app. Ha, just had a, a Tinder. That was like that thing. I think that have. was yeah the big thing. That was the big thing, and I think it's, but that was back a couple of years ago now. So it's changed since there's so many now. Tinder was one of the the first one that really took storm, for younger kids, because it was more of like a hookup app versus a whole dating thing. Right. Right. And so, and the vernacular on hookup I learned recently was, <laughs> I used to use it to mean let's meet, and apparently it's uh let's meet. It's yeah. more of a. <laughs> Let's do a little more than it's meeting. a sexual congress. Yes. So, yes. Um, anyway, so tell me a little bit. So, it, so you went to Rutgers, right, Sean? Yep, Rutgers, and uh, and so people were using it. And what percentage of your social life in college? I mean, what years did you go to college? Uh, 2010 to 2015. So you're a little. I mean, it's not recent, but you were there in the last five years. Yep. What percentage of your social life came from that versus what we would call more traditional ways of meeting somebody on your dorm floor or meeting somebody at a party or a friend of a friend or at a wedding or something like that? So when I was there, actually, Tinder was just starting to take off. And it was probably by my second or third year. So I wasn't too big on it. I just I downloaded it. I you know, put mm-hmm. a profile, but I wasn't really using it seriously. So it was much more going out and like meeting friends and through friends, meeting, meeting girls. And I had talked to a lot of people because I, I was living in the city at the time. And so I had a lot of friends who were, had started using Tinder. Right. 
And I think the big conversation was, well, it's great because you can put a bunch of feelers out there and then see if, you know, any of them matriculate into something. So for yeah. that, it was good. The, then the, the, down, the, the other downside is when you're in college, it's so much easier to meet people. You know, like yeah. I have people all in my dorms and like you go out to the bars and stuff. It's so easy to just talk, talk to anyone because you're students, you know, you easily have something to relate to. Like, oh, you study same major as me, same class, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's as soon as I got out of college that like the dating apps became more relevant in my life because now it's like, okay, now I'm just by myself, you know, my friends have moved and now so, this yeah. is a way to start meeting so, new people. So Karen, we talked about this notion that you know, our, the digital platforms that we use, the light squares, whether it be the computer screen, the TV, the iPhone, uh, uh, cell phone, any kind of smart device that's capturing your attention. These light squares uh, are very intoxicating in terms of their attention. They, they drive it, and we've talked a lot about, mm -hmm. about that. But then it also has this notion of isolation. It isolates you. Yeah, completely. So, so now I'm, I have this device that's isolated me, and now I'm using the same device to try to drive a connection. Exactly. And let me ask, I want to ask you guys this question, because to me it seems like if I think of an old way of meeting somebody, I'm meeting somebody through my existing social network. It could be at work. It could be friends of friends, et cetera. When I, when I meet somebody that way and bring them in, there's a there's more of a natural fit to of because that person brings their social circles and you have your social circles and if you connect, if all the social circles are are disparate and separate, it makes it very hard to connect and and people feel I'm I'm, I'm going to speculate people feel uh, pulled out of their old social networks and there's it's almost set up for an unnecessary set of tension at the outset. Is that is that fair? For sure. Yeah, and there's a couple like, okay, so if you look at natural ways that people will meet, it's often not like, let's just two strangers go on a date and then, and then try to make something happen from there. It's, it's, more, it's, it's much easier when it's like, okay, two social circles and they interact a couple times. So you've seen someone a couple, you know, a couple times or right. you're more comfortable with them. You're comfortable with their friends, they're comfortable with your friends. Or like, right, right. And then it's much easier to progress from there, you know, because you're already comfortable with each other. Starting just bare you know, with, where I don't know any of, anything about you and you don't know anything about me and then we'll just meet and then hope things go well. It, it's not, you know, it's not always successful. It's not as easy to be successful. But so I think the interesting thing that these apps have done are taken a slightly, each of them have taken a slightly different angle on how to connect people. So Hinge, which, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that is one a, of the newer ones? Yeah. Yes. And I don't even know what the number of total apps that we're up to now, by the way, because I think there's probably over 10 in this yeah, space. Yeah, way more, like, way more. Um, but so Hinge is about connecting groups of people, isn't so it, within your... It used to be like that. Hinge was they would, they would take friends of your Facebook and friends of friends from Facebook, and they would match you with them. And they would tell you who your friends, your mutual friends are, your commonality friends, or second-degree friends are. Oh, see, that, that to me makes sense. That was what, that's going along with your idea yeah, of so like connecting these Now we have, a natural, we have a natural exactly. connection. Like if I yep. meet somebody at work, we have mutual acquaintances and mutual friends. If I meet somebody at church, same thing. Mm -hmm. If I meet somebody in, in town, a neighbor, we have a connection through the town. Exactly. So uh, 
at least you can anchor off of that. Yep, and there's been a couple of times I've had friends that, that came to me and said, oh, like, do you know this person? I match with them. And they it showed as like a mutual friend. I'm like, oh yeah, I went to, I met them in Italy actually. And that was a, you know one story of it, but there's plenty of times where you can easily, you know, get a, you know, vouch for the person just right. through, the, through the, the friends that they listed. I don't know why, but they got rid of that feature. So it's no longer like that. But I wonder sometimes do people want to meet a brand new set of strangers? I mean, I don't know that maybe there's something exciting about going to a new city and starting over and having the ability to just meet brand new people or having the option of opting into your existing social network. So it's, it's funny you mentioned that because that is the, the overwhelming people that actually are receptive and like actually using, use the app are people that are, that have just moved to the town or just moved to this area because you have people that have like come like foreigners or people have just moved to the city that don't have a social network yet, and they'll use these dating apps just to make, make new friends. Or to, well, to me, to me that, that feels like there's a natural uh, affinity to, to not only meet somebody and get into a relationship that way, but also join their other circles of networks because yeah. I, I'm a transplant and I, I've, I don't have any new networks locally, so yeah. I'm willing to go do that. And there's... But, but if I bring all those things to the table, it seems like there's an, uh, uh, an odd tension. And I think, you know, when you, Karen, you talked about this notion of having um, uh, the excitement of just doing new stuff. Uh, there's the joke of this is just a, the hookup app where people are just meeting for casual sex. Um, and then there's the people who are looking for their next spouse mm-hmm. and everything in between. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about that? I mean, it probably varies by age group, I assume, right? Probably yeah. varies by age group and maybe to some degree by sex. Yeah. And by the app, too. It definitely varies by that, too. There's some that are, you know, taking, taking a little more serious. Well, yeah, because the barriers to, uh, I guess, the entry criteria on some of the apps is a bit more rigorous. So I think if you look at the spectrum of the apps, Tinder is probably perceived most as easy to set up pro- a profile and then swipe right, swipe left. Yeah. And people aren't really finding fulfilled connections. I mean, historically, I don't yeah. know what the perception is now of the app. And then you kind of move into Bumble, which empowers women to take the first step. And now you move all a little bit more to the right, which are apps um, we were chatting about, which actually require you to... Um, you know, take some time and really set up your profile. Yeah, Hinge is like you have to answer these three questions. You have to hold a profile ready, and oh, well, eHarmony was that way. Yeah, eHarmony. Similar. I mean, there's mo- I, I don't you know it's hund- can be potentially hundreds of questions. Yeah. You fill out a whole psych profile. Now, yeah. I don't know if it's all BS, but they're supposed to match you with somebody who you're you're psychologically and prof- profile to match. Right. Right. Well, and I guess to some degree it's, so how serious are you about taking time to set up your profile about the process, right? I, bet, I think that's what they're probably trying to qualify. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, I, don't, I haven't looked at, the, have you guys looked at the statistics of success rates here? I mean, uh, both of you come from an Indian heritage and I it look in stark contrast to Western culture uh, you know, a, a decent amount of Indian families have arranged marriages. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Yep. And, but the divorce rate is very low for arranged marriage. 
It's a mixture of things for that. There's also a huge social it's a, such a, a social taboo to divorce. Yeah. In, in the culture, so I'm sure there's the divorce rate would be the same if not really maybe plus minus well, if it was if if the if that taboo was gone. And I think the other really critical factor in this is when couples get married in Indian culture, it seems as if the families are actually getting married. So anytime mm-hmm. you utter the words, this might not be working out, the families uh, intervene right away. So it's a little bit of a longer process to go from, mm, I'm not sure if this is working out, to actually signing divorce papers. There's a lot of uh, folks that are going to intervene that and there's there's just like you go into the mentality usually of like okay we're we're in this forever whatever problems we have we're just going to work through it like we have no other alternative and when you have that mindset it's it's uh it's it's less easy to just cop out and just to just divorce or something yeah. you know but if you think about now the dating apps in india matchmaking is going on continuously i mean there are um, you know, women that are... Are there, are there the equivalent of a Tinder in India? I, I'm not it sure. It seems countercultural so, to me. Yeah. I, I, most of the matchmaking is done. Uh, it's hilarious. Some of it's done through newspapers. So putting yeah, that out. But there is also, um, there is a, an app that is just for Indians, which is funny because I just went to a wedding where a, uh, a couple met on this, on this Indian dating app. And... <laughs> They're very successful. I mean, they seem very happy. Yeah. And the app actually put out a video. Like, they told the app that we're getting married through your app. And they paid for this whole, like, montage video of the couple together. And they gave it to them for free because it's good for to have success stories. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what ha- what's happening in India. but Well, <laughs> you know, when I, when I step back and look at it, you know, regardless of the app, there's this notion of swipe right which I guess people now have come to, it's become a uh, sort of a, in the lexicon of, of cultural yeah. care. I'll swipe yeah. right with that one. Mm-hmm. But it, it also seems like it's extremely superficial yeah. that I'm going to make a decision as to whether or not I would want to be with this person or whatever. But think about if you're in a bar and you want to talk to someone. Right. Or what, are you, what are you judging them on? Yeah, I would be more like, more along the lines of, a lot of people meet their spouses through work. Yeah. And, or through friends. Uh, and I would even say, you would say a lot of illicit affairs happen through work. And th- th- it comes from familiarity of being in proximity to somebody for a stressful period of time or for a long period of time and getting to know each other. And that drives the attraction versus something purely physical, which would be looking at a small picture on a, on a smartphone and swiping right or left. Yeah, so it would actually be interesting then to see, um, and we'll probably look it up, this, the stats on swiping right and swiping left and how many of those have led to serious marriages or relationships versus some of the ones where you're actually building a bit more of a deeper connection. So I read some stories about this when we, when we talked about doing this and I and uh, you have the uh, agonizing decisions of swiping right and left. And then uh, I read this one, the, the, the guy would just swipe right until he maxed out. It, it made no discriminating, you could have put a donkey on there and he would have swiped right. He's not even looking, he's just swiping right. 
to see what pops back. So there's a, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> there's a, so there's plenty of uh, like videos I've seen of like college kids that like these engineering kids will make a machine that just like turns in a circle on the screen. So it just like continuously swipes right on yeah. every single profile. And I know why they do it. It's because, so as a guy, every, yeah. every time you swipe, right, there is probably, I would put it at like maybe 0.5% chance of you meeting them. So maybe it's even a, less. a numbers game. It, it's, a, it's a pure numbers game. Because Wait, meeting them in terms of actually physically? In terms of actually, oh, maybe even it, less. It fizzles out in Oh, the no, no, no. It, it would probably like point. Wow. All, it's very, very small. So there, the percentage goes up if you match. Mm-hmm. Then the percentage goes up if they actually respond to your message, right? Mm-hmm. Then the percentage goes up if they respond more than once or twice, right? And so it just keeps going. But even, even at the very, very end, it's still, I would say, less than 50%. You just, they just, it just is that tough. So, that, so many barriers. You, know, you, just, you just say one thing wrong, one thing goes wrong, anything. And it's so easy just to move on to the next person because there's a thousand other people. But that is real isolation. I know. It so really is. It's demoralizing sometimes. Yeah, but it's, fa- it's fake. Because yeah. if I know how to game the system. Yeah. So, like, you know, if I just do the, the engineering robotic swipe right, right, just to maximize my numbers. And then the woman says, why did you swipe right? And you said, I had a robot do it. <laughs> yeah. You're starting off on the wrong foot. Well, you wouldn't say that. No. no so, but, it, but if he, then you can. I have a canned response. So, as I found you... I found you very interesting. Yeah. And I liked your third picture. I only have two. Well, I thought you had three, but maybe it was the second one. I really liked it. You know, yeah. just some BS thing. But it's, it's, you're creating these, this false set of constructs to get to that first meeting. And it just seems like you're starting off on the, the wrong foot. And it's, it's not genuine, meaning that there's this huge uh, fakery. So, so, so nice segue to fakery. So (laughs) eHarmony actually just put out this, um, not just, they published this statistic, which said 53% of the people lie on their online dating profiles. And so the type of lies are actually quite interesting. So for women, they're typically using older photos that make them look much younger and thinner. And for men, they're lying about their jobs in, in order to sound more successful. Yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't even know what you're actually going to get. For sure. Until, uh, you know. You <laughs> so I always say, like, this is, this sounds really, like, cruel and mean, but with the pictures thing. So my, I, my thinking is always, okay, a girl has six pictures she can put on her profile, right? She's obviously going to select the six best pictures <laughs> she has out of God knows how many pictures she's taken in the past year or two years. So... You, you, you know, you're expecting it to be like that perfect, you know, perfect angle, perfect, you know, lighting, all of that. Don't, you, you can't expect exactly what you see. You just, this is not gonna. So Sean, how many, uh, how many, um, give me, a, give us an idea of a, a Tinder date you've been on or whatever. Are you on Tinder? Is that still doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I've been on Tinder. So you've been on one recently? I know when we went to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. We lost him for about yeah, a day. Yeah. We lost you for ha- uh, almost a full day, right? You had a Tinder date. And yeah. Sarah- Bumble date. That was a Bumble. That was oh, a Bumble date. You, man. More success. Scoring on multiple platforms. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just tell us how like that went. You swiped right at some point and, mm-hmm. and you know, these are geo fenced so you're within some circle right so she, she was near my area i can tell you the san francisco yeah the san francisco one that was uh 
So I'd swipe right, and the day before, I had asked, I'd, I'd said, oh, like, we're going out. And this was the night we went out to, um, we went out from that dinner with uh, Mike. Right. And I said, oh, we're, we're going to go out. Do you want to meet? And she's like, oh, I'm in my PJs, whatever. I can't, but maybe tomorrow. So we were leaving the next day. So in the morning, we were getting breakfast. I'm like, oh, I'm at this, like, bakery thing. If you want, we can just come get, you can come get a tea. And she's like, all right, I'm actually going that way to go to a farmer's market or something. And I can meet you after. And I said, sure. And she just ended up meeting up. And then, like, we didn't know anything about each other. It was incredibly awkward because she came and she saw you guys, like, nodding at me. And, <laughs> and she thought I was super weird for, like, <laughs> nodding at random people. On. By the way, which is normal in Indian cultures because you're always accompanied by friends and family on dates. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she, she didn't know what she walked into. But, uh, yeah, but after that, we just started talking and... You know, as I started getting to know her, it was like she was really cool. I told her she was like a nuclear physicist and uh, just a lot of shocking stuff. She lived in Africa. She knows like three African languages. And yeah, a lot of things I didn't expect. But uh, yeah, it turned out to be like a good connection. So I'm friends with her now. And if I ever go back or she comes here, we have. So is it mutually discussed up front if this is going to be a good connection or if someone else is looking for something more? Because I, I feel like most of the females are probably looking for something a bit more serious typically than the guys are. A hundred percent. So I'll say during the Bumble thing, there was plenty that I matched with that um, there was actually a, a lot that I matched with that said that just asked like, oh, what, you know, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm just here visiting. That was it gone done that was it and that makes total sense i i have no problems with that i understand so they know that this i'm just here traveling just you know looking for a quick connection or like whatever so it's not nothing i couldn't be serious if i if i live in new jersey so if so. i told if i asked you what does ltr mean do you guys know what that means long term, long -term relationship oh, yeah that's yeah. crazy <laughs> so i i thought it odd that uh people would put that in their profile because we were talking about this before we we started recording. Yeah. This notion to me, the, the long-term relationship is a result, not a goal. <laughs> so, and I, I just don't understand how you can set put such a burden on a first meeting with a stranger, and say my goal is a long-term relationship. It, it is. It, it is the outcome. I I agree with yeah. you, but there could be a goal that I'm going to try. I'll not even try. I'll give it an attempt. I'm open to it. Just be open to it. There are people that will come in that will say, I'm not open to a long-term relationship. Right. Those are the people no, that, those, uh, that, but, that, that but the group is trying to filter to, out. to say LTR at the other end of the spectrum exactly. is yeah. hookups. They'll say, no hookups, LTR only, as if those are the only two outcomes. Yeah. Isn't there like a shit ton of stuff in between those two outcomes? Those two? But you're also then asking, I mean, there are some societal things that I think historically are in place, right? I mean, for many, many years, people have always thought about dating leading to a path of long-term relationship and marriage. I, I think that's been just a fundamental yeah. thing in society. And okay, so maybe if that shifts, which it can because of the whole landscape, I think around dating is changing, then maybe LTR. So the, the, the notion that I might have as a postmodern thinker right around this whole thing <laughs> which would be let's meet and have fun and uh, I, I guess that's such a loaded term if i say that but i, I mean it in the, in the most literal sense let's just meet and see what happens 
and if it's great and whatever happens happens and we both like it you do it again and then you keep doing it and then if you do it 10 times then you have a relationship you do it for a year it's a long-term relationship. I'm willing to say, if, if you actually explain it like that, yeah. the majority of people would be okay, or women on the other yeah. side would be okay with that. What they're not okay with is if, uh, with you putting no chance on if we keep meeting and we're having fun, then, and you decide you just want to move on for no reason, that's not acceptable. Yeah. So, I mean, we also talk about time being a valuable resource. Yep. And I think a lot of people are also looking at this as, well, how much time am I actually putting into this process? And they want, so if you talk about results and yeah. goals. I know, it just sounds so. I, I know. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it does, but this is also the reality of it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it feels like uh, these digital tools are uh, at some level compensating for the isolation that happens through digital. But I think it also is, is I think, affecting uh, if I could make a macroeconomic, I think it's affecting demographics because marriage is being pushed out. Yeah. People are getting married later and having kids later. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right? Definitely. And do you, I, I, I would say that this kind of digital dating culture, largely fed by these apps, is driving people to, to shop more before they buy. Is that fair? Yeah, and um, one other, this is kind of a hilarious statistic that I just want to put out there. 48% um, of online relationships end through email or text, which is also hilarious because if you're meeting online, there's also a certain percentage of those relationships and those connections that are now ending online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, I'm I, surprised I find that it's not way higher. I would have guessed 90%. Oh and through text. <laughs> yeah. Versus I, what, like a phone call? What's the text? Uh, I mean, in person? Yeah, I don't know. What's the text? It's just not working out. <laughs> it's usually uh, nothing. Oh, so ghost, it's the, ghosting Ghosting, them. yeah. Oh, you know that's the term not a ghosting? That's, uh, is ghosting, you just, you just pretend they don't exist? It's just, you just don't uh, respond. Yeah. You just stop, just fizzles out. Yeah, you, yeah. De you delete them from your <laughs> paradigm. <laughs> yeah. So further feeding into the isolation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it seems odd. But at some level, we, we, we go back and look at some of our prior discussions in some of the, in these podcast series, is that people are looking for something. Yeah, they are. And uh, this wouldn't be such a hot market. Facebook wouldn't be launching uh, a dating app if they didn't see this as being valuable to their business model. But so, I think it, 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 underlying it is driving this notion of people are missing something. And it's I a even, huge market for sure. The, the, the apps we've been talking about, there's one company called Match Group, and they own Tinder, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, Match.com, Hinge. They own all, all of those. And they make $1.7 billion in revenue per year. It's like a $15 billion market cap. I thought it was free. Well, ads. <laughs> ads, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And there is premium for every single one of those services. And what's the premium? So Tinder would be unlimited swipes. Versus fifty per day, and they and there's uh, how do you get past fifty a day? Fifty is like five minutes <laughs> if you're just doing this. I also, I guess, just, if you're in a major city. Yeah, right? if you're in a major city, for sure. Yeah, plus there's all these other perks. You get the super like, which and you get like the the boost, which puts you on top of their profile. Yeah, so, 
I think at some level, there, there's, there's also this, um, you know, I always looked at uh, Instagram as, uh, an, uh, I had this, uh, this post out on, on um, Twitter around the seven deadly sins mm -hmm. and then the, the digital tools that matched against each one of these things. But um, as you think through the, uh, the notion of like, say, lust. Know, well, not so much lust, but I would think Instagram is very closely linked to narcissism. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a, so, and then people want likes because they want to be validated. Mm -hmm. Right. And people get very upset if they don't get enough likes on their posts. Is that, is that true? I mean, this yeah. is crazy to yeah. me. And we need to do a, a, our next podcast on that whole. The whole yeah. likes. But I mean, yeah. at some level, the matches are proxies for likes. It, it's crazy. One time I, I was just sitting and I, I, my friend was introducing me to his new girlfriend um, that he met on Hinge, by the way. And this was the first time I met this girl. And we were just sitting at a coffee shop or whatever. And she's like, oh, do you have an Instagram? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And so she, uh, and I was showing it to her so she could add me. And she just like, the first thing she did was she clicked on my profile, one of my pictures and said, oh, 56 likes, that's not bad. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's what you. That's what you're looking at immediately from not even the picture. Just like she just looked right. How many likes did I have on it? And I'm sure she judged it. That's not my type of girl. I already knew that it wouldn't work out with me. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how how much people are like infatuated by that. Yeah, but I think there's a. Uh, I think there's some pathology, psychological pathology that's tied to this, and it doesn't feel. It, it feels. I mean to say, it doesn't feel right. It feels like this is, um, I know it's effective and I know there's gonna be lots of great stories of people finding their soulmates and getting married and all that kind of stuff. But it feels like in general, it feels like a negative pathology mm -hmm. socially that we're allowing a sort of a, a distortion to the way humans have historically interacted and uh, I'm sure there's some positives. I'm, sure, I'm no doubt this isn't all one-sided, but it, it feels more negative than, than positive to me. And I can't put my finger on it. it. Just it feels that way to me. Yeah, it just feels um, a little bit surface level. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And surface, not substantive. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, I think it, the it doesn't give you the chance, especially like I said at the, at the outset. A lot of you know. People put out this notion of, oh, I want a long-term relationship, no hookups. They put that burden on the first meeting. Well, that doesn't really give you a chance to get to know somebody. Get to know somebody. Yeah. You know, I had an old boss who said, uh, carrots never grow if you keep checking them. Mm -hmm. Right? And so you just kind of let things go and leave them alone and uh, <laughs> just see how it goes. And, and then you'd make the decision as opposed to on, on a blind date, but the first time I meet him, it's like, we're, we're on our path to evaluating marriage. Like, yeah. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Right. That seems nuts to me. Especially when you're meeting someone who's a complete, complete stranger. That right. You Cause know you don't nothing know nothing about them. You two may get along fine, but then your family may hate them mm -hmm. or her family may hate you mm -hmm. or their friends may, be, not they like, may like to, their work may be in complete conflict to your work or whatever it may be that you like to travel. They don't like to travel. There's no way to know these things yep. uh, until you spend time together. And uh, I guess you could fake it and just say, yeah, I'm, all, I'm for all the things you want. But it really, it, it seems, again, to be a little disingenuous. I think there definitely has to be a balance. So I think if you look at the dating culture here, it's, um, it's definitely far to, we're just dismissing people too quickly and not giving them a fair chance. 
um, through some of the apps. If you look at Indian culture, you in India, historically, you would meet somebody maybe for a week, and then you're arranged to be married to them. So I think there's between those two scenarios. So in that, <laughs> so that's a little fascinating. We're a little off topic, but in that week, do you have the chance to veto? Yeah. Usually I mean, you do, yeah. Oh, okay. You, you do. How, how often does a veto get invoked? I, I, I guess if you, if you met, um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so they, they send you like a resume. So I guess if you were to get 13 resumes, and by the way, I mean, it's rapidly changing there every day as well. People are dating now. But in our parents' generation, if they got 10 resumes, they would probably proceed and down-select five very quickly and then select one. I mean, it was just from 10 to 5 to like 1. Like, what if your son or daughter was a troglodyte? Uh, how, are, how are you pairing what them is up? It, what is a troglodyte? <laughs> uh, Do you know what a troglodyte? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's like a three-toed uh, okay. cave dweller. You know? <laughs> well, I think there's somebody for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll find someone. Yeah, and a lot, and and unfortunately, arranged marriage also led to a lot of mismatches. There yeah. were a lot of mismatched couples. Okay, you could see the flaw immediately in that. There is no chance you can know so anything, anything worthwhile in one week from a person. No, but, but you're relying on your family to make the choice for you because they know you and they care about you. Yeah, but... And to me, the, the thing that fascinates me about the arranged marriage is that the, the, in Western culture, we've allowed advertising, modern media, um, uh, even the way modeling t tends to uh, focus on the surface and what people look like and things like that, as opposed to more substantive matters that, that matter in long-term relationships. But then people have a false paradigm in terms of what they're looking for. But their friends and family, especially their family, knows better. Yeah. But even them, how does a friend and family know the other person? But I all, They may know them really well, but they don't know the other person. Well, what they're judging it on, though, is that I think family. it's going to be a fit. Yeah, and they think it's going to be a fit, and they know the family. So they've probably hung out with these families for the past 10 yeah. to 15 years in their social circle. So they imagine that this child being raised as a product of the family environment is probably, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree if that's what they believe in. Mm -hmm. They're probably assuming they've got a lot of the attributes of the parents. My, my belief has always been, for, especially for Indian, um, like, you know, they're very successful the marriages if you're looking at just like you know, divorce rate how long they've been together for sure but I think a lot more has to do with the Indian culture than it yeah, does with that makes the arranged marriages yeah. so where do we think this is going Facebook is launching this uh, are they going to put people out of business uh, I thought Facebook was kind of feels like it's in decline I, I think this is their way to try to remain relevant and revive themselves a yep, little bit exactly yeah. so there's a couple perks to it one is okay so you have you, everyone has friends that they you know they have a crush on so this is the easiest way immediately just to is that what they're the doing they're doing the uh which part of my people that i'm connected with that i want to go out on a date with well what's even hilarious is um they've got a they've launched a feature called secret crush so if you pick somebody in your network and say you have a secret crush on them and that person also has labeled you as a secret crush <laughs> they'll alert you 
You got nine people to pick from. Did I did I have like prohibitions in Arkansas where you can't do that with uh, your siblings? <laughs> I don't know if they send any regulations. I'm on just that. kidding. That's a, I couldn't I couldn't resist on that. <laughs> that seems like a, a, I don't know. That's, I think they've got some kinks to iron out with that. A lot but, of it's, um, it's, I'm it's, interested in hearing some wild stories from that. Yeah. Yeah. You will yeah. for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I th- definitely think for the future. It seems like online dating is probably just going to become more and more. Of I think the norm. so too. I think I think online dating has completely it skyrocketed already. There's some, I think for same same sex couples, it's it's how seventy percent of them meet now. Wow. So that's, I mean, that seventy percent was completely. That's that's a huge transition because this isn't this isn't something that's been around for that long. Yeah. You know, so pretty wild. Well, let's keep an eye on this. I think uh, again, this is all part of our notion that. People are seeking social mm-hmm. uh, and using digital tools. It just it feels like th- this one feels a little off to me. I get that it's popular. I get people are doing it, and I get that it has some f- level of effectiveness. But I, I still am a little concerned about the this at a macro social level. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right, great. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank thanks, thanks. Sam. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Karen, I think you were supposed to say that. Yeah, thanks. I'll take it from here. All right, well, we got to do the, this is the new outcast. Oh, the out- outro. The outro. I think outcast is a new word. All okay. right, outro. We're doing a new outro. We got to cover a few things. All right. One is what? Subscription. Do you subscribe to We want people to subscribe to this, not just listen to it occasionally. Okay, yeah. Check the us out. The second thing is nothing's better than what? A, a five star rating. Always five stars. Got to give us the five stars because we get better search outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is comments. We need those. Yeah, we need we, your feedback. We want to know what people are thinking. So you can check us out. The best way to do it, if you're not sure, some people don't know how to do it. Go to our website. You can check it out. We'll have a full set of instructions. Uh, so whatever app you're using. Most people use, what do you use? Uh, I use Spotify. You do? Yeah. So we have Spotify. We have iTunes, uh, YouTube. There's a whole bunch. Of, whatever you use, we have it. And if, and if we don't have it, let us know, and we'll try to figure out how to get it. We can send you a paper-based instruction. <laughs> Actually... Actually, we do have paper-based instructions, even though that's a fun inside joke to our team. So anyway, thanks for listening and check us out uh, in our next shows. Thanks. See ya.